With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Craig Matthews. Alan Knott. Who's that weirdo? Daniel Neil McKenzie. Who's that weirdo? Good morning, good afternoon, good dawn, good dusk, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Gorilla Cricket, and after a break of about a month for Christmas, we're back with episode five of Who's That Weirdo? A test of skill, knowledge, and overactive imaginations that separates the live cricketers from the dead cricketers and those who aren't cricketers at all, but sound as though they ought to be. I'm Gorilla Hendo, Nigel Henderson, and today's edition matches occasional Gorilla Kit Harris, the finest Richie Benno impersonator it's been my fortune to meet, uh, but more importantly now, assistant editor of Wisdom Cricketers Almanac, against the award-winning author, Guardian writer, and possibly Michael Atherton's biggest fan, Emma John, who've been trying to get on for a while, and finally she has relented. Emma, welcome to Gorilla Cricket and Who's That Weirdo? How on earth did Kit manage to persuade you to come onto this orgy of chaos? Um, well, he definitely didn't say that I'd be announced as Michael Atherton's biggest fan. Are you not Michael Atherton's <laughs> biggest fan? I, that was... no, I, I am. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I just, um, I, it's definitely one of those things that you know now feels like uh, it's it's become such a parody of itself that I. Uh... <laughs> Are you trying to disown Michael Atherton? <laughs> I get nervous about hearing it. <laughs> right. Is there a scale to measure it by? Well, exactly. That's, that'd be the interesting. Actually, to be honest, I know that I'm not his biggest fan because I, you know, I, I I've I've met Miles Jupp, so I, I you Miles know, Jupp, Miles. Well, we've met Miles Jupp. Miles, not Miles, recently, Miles Jupp is, is an even bigger Mike Aston fan. Really? Okay. Well, we'll have to get Miles on he's this because like, kind of. You know, he's one of those people who remembers a lot of um, facts and stats, and and he's he's got he's got all the Athers knowledge in his head. To be honest, way way more than I have, and I I wrote a book about you know that involved the man, and I and I'm terrible at that stuff, but Miles really knows his right, stuff. Well, Miles will be our, ne- our next target. He doesn't know it yet, but he will. If he's listening to this now, he will now know that we're after him. Um, now, your book, which you're, you were just sort of alluded to, was following on a memoir of teenage obsession and terrible cricket, and we can all relate to terrible cricket. Uh, when you said terrible cricket, was that terrible cricket from England in the early 90s? Is that what you were really referring oh, to? Oh, yes. Well, I didn't play cricket at all, so it wasn't right. my terrible cricket. It wasn't your terrible cricket. No, I, 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 my terrible cricket has only recently started, because I oh, never played until 
last season. I joined Stoke Newington Cricket Club, who are just up the road from me. Um, but no, when I was a teenager, it was before. It was just before all the um, this girl can and you know all those kind of campaigns to get women into cricket. And even though I was absolutely obsessed with the game, nobody would let me play it. That's um, really sad. I mean, you, you probably you probably know Annie Annie Chave, who's been who comes on our program quite a lot. And she had a, a similar situation, didn't she, when she was young? That, that she was trying to play for a boys' team and they wouldn't let her play, as far as I remember. That was the... Well, my, mine was mostly my school. I mean, I didn't even know any, I didn't even know any teams or clubs. Um, but I... Um, and certainly the one that was local to me was, was the, the Luton one was, was and possibly still is all-male. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the school that I played, you know, the school that I went to was all girls, but there was a boys' school next door. And once I once I was really in love with cricket, I asked them, you know, oh, could could we, you know, we used to play, we used to do the classic thing of in the summer it was like tennis or rounders. Mm. That was what we got to play. In winter it was lacrosse and netball. That was your options. In the summer it was tennis and rounders, uh, and all kind of athletics, which was always really embarrassing because uh, they had because that had also the worst outfits. Um, and yeah, and so I really wanted to. I really wanted them to kind of, you know, maybe show us how to play cricket and the, the amazing facilities that the boys' school next door had. Right. Uh, and we were told no. And then eventually, when I did finally persuade them in, in sixth form, you know, uh, they we got one session, and the the boys and the male teachers just laughed at us because obviously we didn't know what we we're doing so it's the most dispiriting cricket experience you can imagine and certainly what not one that um any any girl who went to you know who turned up to play uh in england today would find i think no things things seem to be um improving greatly in that respect don't they um i don't know really what's happening at clubs i'm not that i'm not that sort of involved with clubs anymore so i don't know whether it's it's really growing as, as much as people are saying um anyway have you got anything else in the pi- pipeline regarding writing um uh, books or um ideas that you, you're, you're planning <laughs> oh my goodness that's always the worst question uh, i'm sure it's lovely for people who do have who do have <laughs> things that they can immediately answer but for for those of us who kind of um maybe aren't as organized uh uh i mean i'm just i, I just I bobble along uh, having vague ideas and then trying to work out if they will work. And I'm definitely in the bobbling phase. It's always a good phase to be in the bobbling. Um, do you not think, Tony? Uh, but let's move on. Thank, uh, that's uh, an introduction for Emma. Let's let's talk about Kip, who he's just become an author. Bobbling um, would be a very good name uh, for blue okay, not, artist, though. Oh, true, it would, yes. <laughs> um, Kit, if you're still there. Are you still there? I am still here. He's still here. He is still there. Uh, you have just published your first book, I believe, which is called uh, The Queen at Cricket. Um, tell us the idea behind this. Is, is this every game that the Queen has, has ever witnessed? Yes, that's right. Um, and along with, as it turned out, all the occasions when she held receptions for cricketers or really got involved with cricketers at all, uh, according to the official records. And um, no, I... I in fact, the idea came to me only after she had died. I found oh, really? myself sort of casually wondering how many cricket matches did she actually go to? And because I know she didn't go to very many football matches. Right. If you if you were the queen, what would your cricketing experiences have been? Mm-hmm. We we can all say if we've been to test matches, we can all remember exactly which tests we've been to, or which days, or what happened on those days. So I decided it would be really fun to reconstruct 
the Queen's cricketing memories as a watcher. So that's what it is. It's a chronological journey through all the games that the Queen saw, live and in person, from 1947, when she first went uh, with her father, to 2017, which was her last appearance at a test match at Lords. How difficult was it to, to, to track down those games? I mean, did you not have to sort of delve deep into old newspapers to find a mention of the Queen having been there on a particular day? Or was it uh, through your access to um, back issues of the Wisden Almanac? Well, as, as blessed and beautiful as the Almanac is, it wasn't terrifically helpful uh, in finding the information because Wisden is, of course, far more focused on the cricket than whether the Queen turns up. Right. Um, and the MCC provided a list uh, which it said was partial. Uh, in fact, Emma herself managed to get that for me. Oh, brilliant. Um, so then when I started uh, investigating in the British Library, mm -hmm. um, going through past newspapers, quickly established that the MCC's list was definitely partial. So... Yes, got to work with the newspaper archives, digging up things like Surrey at Guildford, the Queen turning up too late for the game to still be on, so the cricketers all traipsed out again and had a county beer match, bun fight as they called it in the 50s. So yes, it's a reconstruction of her cricketing journey. You worked on that pretty quickly then. If you didn't do it until after she'd started on that, until <laughs> after she died, and it came out in December, um, that's pretty swift work. It is pretty swift work, and um, <laughs> yes, I have. A, I don't think many writers are used to working exceptionally hard for prolonged periods of time. But no. yes, it was quite a sweat to get it out, and uh, lucky really that it uh, having to write it didn't coincide with these last two months of working very, very hard to finish the Wisdom Almanac, because January and February would have been a nightmare time to try and get anything done. Oh, God. Well, of course, that comes out, what, about April, end of April or early May? Mid-April, yeah, mid-April. Okay. And what, can you give us any little quick, um, you know, things we should be looking out for this year, or is it all hush-hush um, and won't be revealed until the last minute? Well, aside from the hush-hush expectation, which, of course, we do like to have, I think, what are now called Easter eggs, things that you open the, the, the covers and look in our part one comment section and say, oh, that's fun. Um, there are things which, of course, you can you can predict easily will be in there. Our coverage of Shane Warne's death and okay. uh, well, of yes. his life, I should say, mm. more correctly. Um, mm. That's very, very detailed. And we've got some uh, very good writing on that and covering it from a range of angles, this wonderful uh, cricketer and all his great achievements. Yeah, that must have been the, the, the biggest shock of uh, the last year, mustn't it, Shane Warne? I don't think any of us could really believe um that that had happened anyway so that's um that's the queen at cricket that's uh, kit harris's new book have a look out for that and uh, just a reminder that emma's book is following on a memoir of teenage obsession and terrible cricket let's get on with the show um the other man i haven't introduced to you so far is a uh, very patient tony bishop sitting <laughs> here alongside me and he's just going to give you a rundown a reminder for those of you listening for the first time of the rules of Who's That Weirdo? Well, yes, it, thank you, Hendo. It's all very simple. There are going to be 12 questions. Each comprises uh, a person's name. Uh, each of that, uh, those will be either a live cricketer, a dead cricketer, or not a cricketer at all. You just need to use your knowledge, skill, or judgment to say which you think they are. If you think the name is not a cricketer, then you need to say, Who's That Weirdo? 
And if you don't, uh, depending on his mood, Hendo may apply a penalty of some kind, uh, ranging in severity, dependent upon that mood, really. Uh, there are some other things. There's a toss to start. You can choose to open or put your opponent in. Uh, correct answers will accrue two points. A wrong answer means it's passed your opponent, who can win bonus points. If you were correct, you also get to guess the age of the individual, currently or at uh, the sad time of their demise. Uh, within three years earns you an extra point if you're bang on the nose it's a boundary four points um, if it's a weirdo you have to try and guess the reason why they're famous uh, could they might be a musician a politician business person record breaker writer philosopher or indeed absolutely anything else and finally whether you like it or not i'm going to tell you a bit about each of the people before we move on to the next question uh, what really could be simpler uh, yeah, it sounds uh, immensely complicated to me, so we'll probably go uh, wrong, even though I've done it four times before. Right, I think, Emma, we shall give you the chance to uh, call on the on the coin toss. I, shall, I have a, a, a newly minted uh, uh, Prince Charles, uh, King Charles coin. No, I wish I did. I don't I have an old uh, um, Her Majesty the Queen uh, pound coin here. I'm going to toss. Do you want to call tails or heads? Heads. Oh, I've lost it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been flying over my shoulder. Well, that's a great uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say, let's just say, that'll be found in about three months' time when someone uh, goes down the back of this, uh, back down the back of this chair. Um, so let's just say that you won the toss. Do you do you wish to bat or do you wish to put? Uh, do you wish to put Kato, oh sorry, Kit into bat? No, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll open. You'll open. Wow. I'll open, that's, I'll open uh, because I don't, because I'm I genuinely don't know what the level of you know of knowledge required is going to be and so i feel like i know that i'm going to embarrass myself so i might as well just get that over with well, that, that is the whole point that is the whole point to have people involved in cricket embarrassing themselves that's basically what we uh, decided that this this show should should be about uh, so you will have the first name for who's that weirdo episode five and the name is susan redhead west indies live cricketer dead cricketer or who's that weirdo susan redhead west indies I want that to be a live cricketer, so I'm going to say live cricketer. Oh, what a start! What a start, Emma, on uh, Who's That Weirdo, episode five, because Susan Redhead is indeed a live cricketer, so that earns you two points, and if you can guess how old she currently is, you may get extra points. Uh, how old do you think uh, live cricketer Susan Redhead is? Uh, well, let's go, let's go youngish. Okay, 24. Oh, no, I'm way, way, way. No extra points, I'm afraid, for you on that one. Uh, Susan Raid, Redhead is 60, would you believe? Uh, Susan Redhead is 60. And Tony has more details about Susan Redhead. Well, the first thing uh, is she's not a redhead. Uh, either that or she has some very powerful hair dye. Uh, she was born in uh, June 1962. She's a Grenadian former cricketer uh, who played as a right-handed bat. She appeared in three one-day internationals for the West Indies in 2003 and played domestic cricket for Granada. Uh, she only made eight runs in those three games, all of which were against uh, the Sri Lankan women, retired in 2011, uh, scoring 17 as opener for Granada versus Dominica at Bridgetown. Uh, then Grenada won by a thumping 216 runs, so she went out on a high. Uh, she did once present the Player of the Match Awards to Stephanie Taylor after a West Indies win against Pakistan in a T20 in 2015. That, I have to say, was the only photographic record I could unearth of her. Well, there you go. Susan Redder, great name and um, quite a good by the sounds of it. Uh, so two points to Emma. She leads by two points to nil. Uh, we move to Kit with uh, the second name of Who's That Weirdo? Clarence Hill Bermuda. 
live cricketer, dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Oh, it seems like a very Bermudan name. Bermudian. Bermudian. You're, you're, you see, when you see Sea Hill, and then you think, okay, Sea Hill, that sounds like a cricketer because you think of Clem Hill. Mm, yes. So is that... But Clarence, mm. Clarence Fitz, doesn't it, for West Indian names? Clarence Best, I knew he was from Barbados. I think you're trying to trick me. I'm going to go for... Who's that weird... Oh, you are on incredible form, you two, today, because Clarence Hill indeed is um, a weirdo. Well, he's not really a weirdo, um, but he is. Uh, well, well, you can guess what he is. See if you can guess what he is for an extra point, uh, Kit. Uh, uh, he is... What is he? It's something to do with, it's something to do with windows. Well, he may have practiced on Windows um, in the same sort of way as, as Matthew Pryor did at Lords, um, but he's not actually a window cleaner or anything like that. Uh, what is he, Tony? Uh, he's a boxer. Uh, and he was the Olympic heavyweight bronze winner in uh, Montreal in 1976. He's not just any old medalist, though. He was Bermuda's first ever Olympic medalist. The other, as I'm sure you know, Hendo, being Florence Duffy who won gold in the women's triathlon at Tokyo in 2020. Uh, uh, our friend Clarence uh, beat in 1976, or he lost rather, um, to in the semi-final to uh, Romania's Mercia Simeon. Uh, he did then although have a rather anonymous professional career. Things rather went off the rails. He ended up in the nick, uh, got divorced, life went downhill, and he got done for co cocaine possession and armed robbery. Uh, but during his second stint in jail, uh, he lost his drug, drug addict, addict habit, I beg his pun, and was re-schooled as a carpenter. There is a statue of him in Bermuda and a, and a painting, and uh, he's become something of a national hero. There you go. He is, absolutely. I mean, he's a big name in Bermuda, I can tell you that. Uh, so, it's two apiece. No uh, extra bonus, bonus points accrued yet, but uh, we go to name number three. Back to Emma. Uh, Frank Walters, Australia. Frank Walters, Australia. Dead cricketer, live cricketer, or who's that weirdo? I'm going to say that's a dead cricketer. You're absolutely on fire, you people. We, uh, you've been you've been catching up, haven't you? I think, uh, or either you, maybe the maybe someone leaked the uh, names online. Uh, you're absolutely right. He is a dead cricketer. Um, now he died uh, some time ago, uh, but what age was he when uh, when things went south for him? Um, and any particular guess that you'd like to make on that? going to i'm gonna guess 53 oh not bad not bad but not good enough for a bonus point i'm afraid um he died in 1922 at the age of 62 and it was quite a, quite a sad ending wasn't it for frank waters tony well rather sadly he, he fell off the back of a boat they did a bit of a of a robert maxwell by the sounds of it um at the age of 62 as you rightly said uh, he was a one-test wonder for Australia, was Frank, right-hand middle-order bat. Uh, that test was in 1885 at the MCG against England. Didn't go particularly well. He made seven before being LBW to George Ulliott, and five in the second innings, uh, done by the Nottinghamshire duo of William Atwell taking the catch off the bowling of Will Flowers off-spin. Uh, he played a lot of first-class cricket for New South Wales and Victoria between 1880 and 1896. High score of 150, average of only... Uh, uh, but an average of only 21 and just took one wicket in his time with right arm something or other he moved to Sydney uh, in the late uh, 19th century after purchasing the Criterion Hotel uh, all four of his first class centuries were scored at the SCG got married and uh, was uh, died off the sea of uh, the Bombay in the Bay of Bombay alas as he was returning to Australia 
from a holiday. Yeah, it's quite sad, isn't it? Um, there there weren't, wasn't a whole lot more detail about exactly what happened there, but uh, that, that was the end of Frank Walters, died in 1922. Uh, it's 4-2 to Emma. Can uh, Kit level here? The fourth name on our list this afternoon is Luha Ishmal Bai, India. Live cricketer, dead cricketer. Who's that weirdo? I feel like I feel like I want you to spell it for me, so do I can recognise it on a scorecard. I can do that for you. Luha, L-U-H-A-R, uh, Ishmal Bai, which is I-S-H-M-A-I-L-B-H-A-I. Does that help? B-H-A-I. B-H-A-I. Well, that's, uh, that, that seems strange because by B-H-A-I, at the end of uh, a name in India means sort of sir, doesn't it, or mister. Oh, that's interesting. They say, they say Sachin Bai as a term of respect to refer to Sachin Tendulkar. Mm. So that seems unusual to see it at the end of a name. Um, Ishmael with an H in it. Okay, well, there's not so we've got Dara Ishmael Khan. That was a Indian first-class team back in the day. Um, so I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to go, who's that weirdo again? And you're absolutely right. You, are, you two are the best people that we've had so far on, um, on this program. Um, most people get things wrong, but we, you've been all absolutely on the spot. Uh, it's entirely beginner's luck. You will notice in the next question. It uh, we will see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's very good for beginner's luck that lasts for the whole of the program. That'd be fantastic. Um, so uh, Luha Ishmael Bai is indeed who's that weirdo but in what way is she a weirdo uh, Kato would you like to um, offer a guess on that it's a she is it it's a she now that's that's what makes it so interesting isn't it yes, that does make it interesting hmm. well there are, <laughs> I'm just going to put my dart somewhere on the dartboard there are such a great many local and uh, national politicians in India I'm going to go with politics uh, it's a good guess but it's not right as uh, they used to say on what's that program on ITV? I can't remember. Anyway, it's gone. Catchphrase. Catchphrase. That's the one. It's good, but it's not right. Um, I can't even remember who the host of that was now. Roy Walker. Hey, that's. Am I getting Roy points? somebody? I can't remember. Roy Walker. Uh, uh, Roy Walker. That's not the... Roy Plumley. No, that was Desert Roy. Island Discs. No, indeed not. <laughs> uh, so tell tell us, Tony. Uh, Luha Ishmael Bai. Um, what was she? What well, was she to be honest, for? I'm absolutely amazed you don't know this, Hendo. For goodness' sake. I mean, um, she's the. Uh, woman who has the most published academic papers in the field of concrete technology uh, but she's clearly not set in her ways uh, she's 36 from Jaipur, world record holder uh, an eco-friendly material scientist come inventor, professor of chartered engineer author many times over prominent in both conventional and geopolymer concrete geopolymer, technology eh? of course and building material, she's authored a book independently titled fly ash and slag based geopolymer concrete experimental facts if you don't have that on your bookshelf get onto amazon immediately it must be flying off those shelves mustn't um, it Absolutely. when i looked well probably not if it's concrete um, and when i looked she had no less than 23 honors and awards she's probably got a couple more by now she should be but she should be better known based on the fact that the ipl is is, is effectively financed by concrete but uh, but there you go uh, anyway it's four all after two names apiece we move on to the last two names before the break and uh, this is for emma dawn newman australia live cricketer dead cricketer or who's that weirdo? Dawn Newman. Oh, um, oh has, it, has, it, has it struck a chord deep 
it feels like it definitely feels and uh, this is the this is the thing it's going to, i know this one's going to turn out not to be a cricketer but i feel like it sounds like one and so and i would never want to i would never want to say that somebody wasn't a cricketer if they were, i'd rather get it wrong that way round. If you right. <laughs> so no, you're going for, so you're going for a cricketer but alive or dead i'm, I'm gonna go for cricketer i'm gonna go Dawn Newman. I'm going to go. I'm going to go live. It, it would. I would have to go live because I don't think. I don't think Dawn's a name that that makes me think. You know. You know. Very old. So I'm going to hope that she's a cricketer. I'm going to believe that she's a cricketer. And I'm going to hope that she's still alive. Uh, you're absolutely right. There's just no stopping you guys at the moment. Six points to Emma. She is indeed a live cricketer. And for that bonus point that could make all the difference at the end of this uh, scintillating game, uh, can you guess how old she currently is? Well, that's a, I, this is the, this is one where I'm like, Dawn is a name that to me, that's a name. I don't think of I don't think of Dawn as being a name that's been around longer than the. Longer than the seventies, really. I mean, I might be wrong. I, 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 I do know. I, I do know it is quite popular name in Australia, actually, Dawn. But I, so I think, let's say that she was born in the eighties. What would she be now? Eighties, nineties. Oh, that's going on. Here. Her, she'd be in her for, early. She might be in her early forties. Late. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say 43. Uh, all that work, all that work that you did. And uh, you're absolutely nowhere near. She's a lot older than that. She's 80, would you believe? So um, Dawn has been around uh, for a little bit longer in Australia, it sounds sounds like. Maybe it was just a very occasional name at that uh, at that time. And uh, Tony's got more news about Dawn Newman. Well, quite a cricketing family, actually. She was born in Mount Hawthorne, Western Australia. She played three test matches for Australia against England in 68-69. Uh, she's right-hand bat. As I say, comes from a family of cricketers. She's one of three sisters who have represented Western Australia at state level. Her older sister, Betty, was a left-arm medium pace bowler. Uh, selected to play for Australia in 1958, but was only 12th person or 12th. What do you go 12th? Yes, good point. Actually, um, Dawn played in the same state team as Betty in season as 63-64 as a wicketkeeper and right-hand bat. Dawn's twin sister Elaine also played for Western Australia, but uh, um, and and uh, one and uh, Barbara is the mother of former Test and ODI cricketer Bruce Reed. Bruce Reed, yeah, so the, uh, the lanky left arm. Go. Uh, she toured England in 68-69. Uh, Dawn was selected to make her test debut um, at the Thurberton Oval in Adelaide. Muriel Picton was the skipper that day, and some other notables in the team were Mim Key, Anne Gordon, Patsy May, Elaine Bray and Ollie Smith. Uh, Dawn top scored for the Aussies that day with 76. Well, there you go. That's Dawn Newman. One more name to go. See if uh, Kit can once again level up, uh, level up the scores. Um, it's going to be a tight one. This I can feel it in my bones. Uh, the sixth name before we go to the break is Thomas McCarty, England. Thomas McCarty. Yeah. Do you want me to spell that for you again? No, it's okay. McCarty. Okay. Thomas right. McCarty, England. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So what I need to ask is, when you say England, do you are you referring simply to the England adult men's team, or does it include? Um, teams like England Deaf or England Limited Mobility because I don't think there's been an England player in the traditional sense by that name. Mm. 
but there might so I, I possibly know all the if names if they're a cricketer though in any, if they're in cr- a cricketer then they're a cricketer yeah that's, any, that's any, right okay so they've written this way anyone whose name comes up when you put them into uh, crick info oh god I mean that includes me that's ridiculous well, yeah. <laughs> Well, who knows what the next name coming up after the break is? It could be Kit Harris, but you'd uh, be okay. So you got that wrong. I'm not. Sh- I'm not convinced that it's someone who has played for the England men's uh, senior team. Right. Um, you don't actually have to play. I mean, you could be an English cricketer who's played county cricket. You don't have to be a. Oh, wait, oh, I see. Oh, yes, I it's see. not just international cricketers. Uh, it's cricketers Ooh. for county cricket for, um, you know, T20s, um, ODIs, um, in oh, everything. Yes, absolutely. Right, well, I'll go for cricketer then. What did you say his first name was? Thomas. Thomas McCarty. Well, he's alive then. Um, It's not um, a live cricketer, but uh, moving over for a bonus point to uh, Emma, uh, is he a dead cricketer or a weirdo? Um, I'm going to say he's a dead cricketer. No! For the first time, you've both gone wrong. He's not a dead cricketer, so there's no extra points for anyone um, as we go into the break. Uh, he is a weirdo, and what? Well, I say weirdo. I mean, he's, he's had a quite an extraordinary life, Thomas McCarthy. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he was an English circus performer. Um, he was a one-armed lion tamer. Uh, he was he was born in Cork uh, around 1838. But I guess we should probably start by addressing the elephant, or perhaps the lion, in the room. Uh, why did he only have one arm? Um, and he was indeed uh, mauled by a lion uh, and in fact uh, he was killed in 1872 by his own lion so that so it gives you a clue as to that he had his left arm torn off in, in, in the circuses of Messrs Bell and Myers in Liverpool in 1862 uh, although his cries summoned help from a performer it was too late to save the severely damaged arm sadly when he died um, he had two more lucky escapes uh, one in Bolton and then I uh, sorry I think he had one lucky escape in uh, Blackpool somewhere up north uh, and then he died in Bolton he died as many entertainers have in Bolton <laughs> uh, he'd been on the bottle um, turned his back on the lions who proceeded, proceeded to kill him he was rescued from the lions as quickly as possible but ere this could be done the newspaper report said he was frightful torn by their teeth and claws mm. his legs heads and hands being lacerated to such a degree that the flesh was completely torn away from the bones uh, so if you're a football fan you will have heard of bolton's most famous son nat lofthouse known as the lion of vienna but he had nothing to do with it there you go and he didn't play for england lions either boom boom uh, that is the uh, end of the first part of uh, who's that weirdo episode five uh, we're going to go shortly to the, uh, the the musings and the thinkings of chris woke our uh, social justice what's the uh, scores on the door the scores on the door as we go into the break is Emma six kit four? Craig Matthews, Alan Knott. Who's that weirdo? Until two. Neil McKenzie. Who's that weirdo? Dwayne Leverock. Shannon Freed. Who's that weirdo? Chris Harris. Kevin O'Brien. Who's that weirdo? All right, there, me dogs, and happy New Year, and of course, happy Lunar New Year. It's Chris Woke here, nipping the ball around and bigotry in the bud. I've had enough of totalitarian states being allowed to host major sporting events. These so-called nations are a menace to society. Their shameful human rights records and disgraceful laws designed to oppress minority groups are an absolute scourge on our global community. And that's why I'm backing a blanket ban 
on cricket in Wales. Did you know it's a criminal offence to walk into a butcher's in Swansea and ask for English lamb? Or to demand a rabbit from any other part of the world? Were you aware, people, that laughing at Ian Rush's moustache from 1982 to 1989 carried the death penalty in Newport? These are the acts of a savage regime. Our great game must take a stand. So, from 2023, there will be no mid-ons in mid-Glamorgan. No gower on the gower. And no silly points in Kid Welly will be given the boot. Barry Wood given half a chance, but won't be allowed to. Fishguard will not be protected. Didn't we have a lovely time the day we went to Bangor? No, no we didn't, because the fascist police force arrested us for daring to suggest that Bromsgrove Telephone Box Museum is superior to Penryn Castle. Whales would live in Wales, apparently, because there are no whaling ships in Aberystwyth, whereas there are in Japan and Norway. But I'll tell you this, the woke roadshow of cricket, forced inclusion and all, will not be making an appearance in this evil principality. From this moment, we will be putting in place a total Jeffrey. Tom Jones, Shirley Bassey, Robert Croft, JPR Williams, Charlotte Church, Max Boyce. Can you hear me, Max Boyce? Your boys, girls, other identifiers are about to take one hell of a beating. Remember, you can't make a shakshuka without cracking eggs. Unless, of course, you're constructing the vegan version, which is equally but differently delicious. Until next woke, to army ducks. Craig Matthews, Alan Knott. Who's that weirdo? Neil McKenzie. Who's that weirdo? Wayne Leverock. Shannon Freed. Who's that weirdo? Chris Harris. Kevin O'Brien. Who's that weirdo? Uh, welcome to the second part of Who's That Weirdo? Episode 5. Our guests today are Emma John, Guardian writer and author. And uh, Kit Harris, who is the uh, assistant edi- editor of Wizardon Editor's Almanac. Uh, Wizardon. I, I would. I. I actually want to see that publication. Wizardon. Wizardon. Version. That's what I'm sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Wizardon. Wizardon. Yeah, that's more like <laughs> that's us, us, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely us. Actually, Wizardon. Wizardon cricketers. That's us. Uh, so, um, back to Emma for the first name of the second half. She leads by six points to four. Uh, now, I always have trouble with Sri Lankan names because they have a lot of syllables in, but I'm, hopefully I'm going to get this right. Dimithu Kumarasinghe, Sri Lanka. Live cricketer, dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Um, uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I mean, do you know what? Live cricketer has, has, has done me well so far in this game, so I'm just going to go live cricketer. No, my friends, the first time you've uh, taken a wrong step. So we move over to Kit and ask him, is it a dead cricketer or a who's that weirdo? Well, given that every time anything's come in front of me so far, it's been a weirdo. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, well, you see, I'm a bit... I'm a bit. You see, it's risky because uh, by the Tom McCarthy... Mm. Uh, criterion if there's anyone who plays cricket in Sri Lanka who has that name he could be it well it could be an English player called Tom McCarty uh, no I'll check that out there isn't 
Oh, okay. So, no, so I, I do like, I, you know, I, I am aware of this, I, especially with sort of overseas names. And uh, yeah, um, I do check to see whether they could be considered. Um, uh, there were similar names for, for different um, for different uh, jobs, but no. Right. So, Dimitu, uh, Dimitu Kumarasinghe. So I'll go for who's that with? Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, you've leveled at six all. Uh, he is indeed a, a weirdo. Um, and would you like to offer a guess on, on on why he's a weirdo? What could he be? What could Dimitu Kumarasinghe be if he's not a cricketer? I'll, I'll do this in honour of uh, the uh, Icelandic Sri Lankans uh, who dominate the national cricket team over there, with whom I am friends. And all of them, without exception, are amazing chefs. Right. So I'm going to go with a chef. Well, I never did. That is that just that has completely thrown me. I never thought you would get it. Um, what? But you yeah, wait, he's, he's, he's a chef. He is a chef. Tell us more about this chef. Well, Dimitri Kumarasinghe. Just any old chef. Just any old chef. Just any old chef. Uh, Dimitri Kumarasinghe is the third best chef in Sri Lanka, as voted by Top Chefs website. He was has been president of the Chefs Guild of Sri Lanka for 52 years since uh, 1971. Since moving to Sri Lanka in 2000, he's worked for the Aitken Spence Hotel management team. Um, he was the only chef in the world to have won nine gold medals in individual events at the Culinary Olympics held in 2004 and 2006. Is, is that there. the first time anyone's ever guessed a weirdo what they do? Pretty much, as far as we know, yes. Yeah, messages got really close with regards to a Barbadian politician, but but I think yeah. someone to actually get it right on the nose like that is it, I think that's the first uh, kit. Well done. Anyway, those, <laughs> those events at that Olympics included such uh, august events as uh, the uh, artistic showpiece, artistic pastry showpiece, mm. and the pulled sugar event. Uh, for the re- for the record, above him on the best Sri Lankan chefs list are. Peter Kurvita and Chef Duminda, if you've ever heard of either of those two, with your in-depth knowledge kit of uh, of Sri Lankan chefery. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? Um, uh, basically, if you're in Sri Lanka, you're either a cricketer or a chef, it seems to me, uh, basically from what we, we have found. So, Kit has taken the lead. He's uh, gone to seven points. Emma needs to get back in the game, uh, trailing six points to seven, or six runs to seven, if you will. I want to call it that. Uh, let's move on to name number eight. And the name number eight is Ian Payne, England. Live cricketer, dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Just remind me, how many names in total are there? Twelve. Eighty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to be here till tomorrow, basically. <laughs> uh, um, uh, wait, wait, and now I've totally forgotten. Was it Ian Payne? Did you Ian know? Payne, yes. Ian Payne, England. And is the pain with a Y? Or it is with a Y. It is with a Y. Yes. It is with a Y because, because, because. You're not supposed to be helping out here, Kit. You're supposed to be trying to win. I reckon he was on the Somerset staff. This is unheralded, basically. I reckon he was on the Somerset staff. Kit trying to help out his opponent. And, and tell me, tell me, Kit, how, how, how old do you would you say he is? And, and, and do you think he's still around? Wait, hang on a minute. This is me. This is my one. It's the eighth one. Um, my one is oh. definitely been given to me. Hang on, I've got. I may have made a complete cock you, up. You got I've made a complete cock wrong. up. I've made a complete cock up. It is. Sorry, I must admit, it is for Cato. Oh. Uh, sorry about that. Um, we're going to have to record the whole program again because I made a complete muck up. No, Ian Payne. Over. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that, um, um, Emma. It is indeed um, Cato's question. Ian Payne, England. 
Live cricketer, dead cricketer, who's that weirdo? Well, I think he was on the Somerset staff. In the... I think he was on the Somerset staff. Mm. If he was, I'm... yes, Payne. Payne, Payne even. He's a very old, good friend of yours, by the sounds of it. I, I reckon, and I'll tell you the story now, so that if, I, if, if it's wrong, I look even more stupid than if I save it in case I am wrong. I used to play club cricket in South London at Alain Cricket Club. Massive, I'm a huge Somerset fan, which is why you can have a big cackle if this is wrong. In the 1990s, I was playing in a game with a club mate called Justin Nash, and he came out to bat in a Somerset shirt. And I said, wow, how have you got a Somerset shirt? That's so cool. I didn't have one. He said, I got it from one of the players. And I said, who? And he said, Payne. And I reckon that was Ian Payne. Oh, I reckon that's Ian Payne. I'm going to go cricketer alive. And you're absolutely right. We can't get past uh, Kit. He's, his knowledge is so deep uh, that... Well, his, his knowledge is very deep. I'm not denying that. But you have literally picked somebody from his team. Well, uh, actually, I didn't. Have we though? Oh, uh, have we now? Because we're gonna we're gonna ask um, uh, Cato for his extra point. Um, how old he thinks Ian Payne might be at this stage? Well, I would go fifty-two. Um, absolutely nowhere near. So um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, he's not. He's sixty-four. Now we're going to find out whether Ian Payne did indeed play for, for Somerset. Because uh, Tony's going to tell us. Well, not as far as I could see. Very much alive. You're absolutely right. He was born in 1958 in Kennington. Played for Gloucestershire and Surrey between 87 and uh, 1987 uh, and 1996, I think. Mostly Surrey. And then the last two years with Gloucestershire. Uh, after a bit of a break, he then played for Gloucestershire, uh, Shropshire, I beg your pardon, uh, between 1994 and 97. So he had quite a long time off. He played 47 first-class games, right-arm medium and right-arm bat, mainly a bowler, decent economy rates. Uh, his best first-class bowling figures were 5 for 13 in Surrey's innings victory over, over Gloucestershire in 83. His best list A figures were 5 for 21 against Derbyshire. Uh, he be played for Oswestry Cricket Club as a director and he and his wife Jules run a PR company in Oswestry called the Jules Payne Partnership. There you go. Uh, well, that's no link as far as I know with Somerset. So do you think, do you think, kid, it was just the sort of the West Country link, the fact that he played a few games for Gloucestershire just up the road really from Somerset, isn't that? Wouldn't you say that? Well, that wouldn't explain why Justin Nash had... Uh, Payne written on his jumper. Had, had, well, no, it was a white one. It was a county championship one. There's more than one pain. There's more than, there must be more than one pain that's played cricket over the well, years. Well, so I simply guessed it right on the basis that I thought of someone completely different called pain. Yeah, so you're, you're just incredibly lucky. Um, and especially, as you pointed out, that it was your, your call anyway, as opposed to Emma's. Um, so, moving back to Emma, we have scores of nine to Kit and six to Emma. So Emma has, to, uh, has some uh, catching up to do. Uh, the next name we have is Jason Flores, Australia. Live cricketer, dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Jason Flores. F-L-O-R-I-S? No, it's F-L-O-R-O-S. O-S. Oh. If it was F-L-O-R-I-S, then I, I, was, I wanted him to be a perfumier. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I can't say anything. Jason Flores. Jason Flores. Yeah. Sometimes stuff's slightly dental, doesn't it, Floris? I don't know, but uh, a bit like Floris. Yeah. It's, it's 
gonna do you know what i'm just gonna stick with my my strategy of just going live cricketer and you'd be wise to do so because jason flores is indeed a live cricketer you cut the lead of kit harris down to one point jason flores is indeed a live cricketer and to draw level uh, how old is jason flores is he a, a a man who's around at the moment or has he, he been around in the past I'm going to say he's 37. Oh, you were uh, so close. I was thinking we were going to get the first boundary of the afternoon, but not quite. He is, in fact, 32 years old, Jason Flores. Tell us a little bit more about him, Tony. Well, if you look for pictures of him, you'll see he's a redhead, unlike Susan Redhead, who uh, we found out early on wasn't. He's from Woden, Canberra. He's an all-round uh, left-hand bat and right-arm uh, off-break bowler. Played for Queensland uh, and a bit for Brisbane Heat and Sydney Thunder in the Big Bash. Last played first-class cricket in 2017 and T20s in 2018. He averaged 22 with the bat in 15 first-class games for Queensland and took 26 wickets at, 30 for, for, at uh, 44. He did own, maybe still does, mm. uh, two pet snakes. Ah, Okay. Uh, and he's now the finance officer for Queensland Queensland cricket. Brilliant! There you go. Um, there's always, always find jobs for ex cricketers who haven't well, done very well. Absolutely. Haven't you? Uh, the journeyman can uh, count snakes, obviously. Indeed. <laughs> Whether he can count money, I don't know. Well, uh, that means that we are now uh, Kit on nine, Emma on eight. We move on to Kit's uh, penultimate name, and this is Mahmood Hussain, Pakistan, dead cricketer, live cricketer. Mahmoud Hussain. <laughs> Mahmoud Hussain. I know you think. I know you're going to say there must be about twenty Mahmoud Husseins, but I can guarantee you. Twenty. That, there must be about a hundred thousand. Well, but but how many of them are cricketers? That, and, and and is indeed this man a cricketer? I'm not saying that he is or he isn't. I mean, how many Mahmoud Husseins who aren't cricketers might there be? Oh. A tough one, isn't it? Is that well? Then I am a hundred percent certain that there is a Mahmoud Hussain who has played first-class cricket in Pakistan. Right. 100%. There must have been. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. <laughs> no, I could, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like the sort of three Imran Khans, isn't it? Um, there are at least three Imran Khans who played... Uh, if we delve down into a certain hardback yellow cricket book... Well, hopefully you're not wandering around trying to look in that at, the, at this particular moment. No, I'm wandering around in. in I'm being in very tranquil. You've not gone to your enormous bookshelf. Well, he's yeah, he's yes, he must be. He you know, must be a cricketer, definitely. Uh, but is he living or is he dead? Is one of them alive or dead? Interesting question. Mm. Um, one of the many Mahmoud Hussains. Mahmoud Hussain. Yeah, well, yes, yes, a live cricketer. No, no, you're absolutely wrong. He's well, we'll soon cricketer. see about that. He's a dead cricketer. I'm going to go over to Emma. I'm going to say, um, if you can guess uh, the age at which he perished, you will get a bonus point. Um, how old was Mahmoud Hussain when he died? Well, do you know what we've got? We've gone with a lot of people in the 60s, and I feel like 60 is old enough that it won't make me sad. Um that, that he's dead um, but it's also you know it's also not in the kind of upper reaches of long life hang on I'm nearly 60 um. <laughs> <laughs> it won't make you sad if I'm just hang on I'm past 60 so hold on <laughs> like, 
feel like anything under 60 is is the kind of age at which you when you report it in the paper you say the tragically young age of yes. um, i don't think i don't think people in their 60s and upwards get that courtesy no uh, sadly <laughs> Sadly, uh, so, uh, so, so you're, sadly, you're going for sixty. What my brutal, my brutal journalistic mind is going for. Yeah, so I'll just go bang on the nose sixty. Well, that's very good. That's a very good guess. It's not quite good enough for the for the boundary, uh, but he was indeed fifty nine when he died in oh. nineteen ninety one. So you get a bonus point, which means that you have levelled going into the uh, the final round of names. But before we go into the final round of names. Um, Tony will tell me a little bit more about Mahmoud Hussein the seventh. Yeah, he died at 59 in 1991. He was a right arm quick. He was born in Lahore, uh, but died sadly at Northwick Park Hospital, uh, where um, I'm sure you knew I used to be a gardener. Stanmore. Stanmore, isn't it? Uh, yeah, in Wembley. Wembley, okay. Yeah, I used to do the gardens there. It used to be one of my most exciting jobs in the past. Uh, one of the stalwarts of Pakistan's early cricket, he played from 1952 to 1962, took 60 wickets in 29 test matches. First played in Pakistan's second ever test on their 1953 tour of India, took three for 35 and one for 57. Polly Umnagar was his first ever wicket, bowled for 15. Uh, he was the fastest of a trio of new ball bowlers around whom Pakistan's attack was built in the 1950s. Fazal Mahmood Khan, Mohammed and Mahmood Hussain were all born in Lahore and did their city proud as they helped uh, Pakistan to one famous victory after another. Uh, after an unsuccessful tour of England, he faded away uh, but made one more appearance in England uh, as manager of the 1960, uh, 1978 Pakistan team. He then had gone off to become a successful businessman, spent his summers in Wembley, hence uh, dying rather sadly. He was a very larger-than-life character. I think it was uh, diabetes got him in the end, and he mm. died at Northwick Park. Uh, well, I think it's a tragic death, even though even though he was fifty nine. I'm with you. Um, and uh, did you find any other Mahmoud Hussain cricketers while you were looking through? Uh, I have to say, I wasn't looking that hard. I focused okay. on on this one. On the, it's a good job we got the right one then. Yes. Uh, well, we go into the final round of names. The final round of names, one apiece, uh, with the score at nine to Emma and nine to yeah, should Kit. Be, should be two more. You're on number eleven and then number twelve. Yeah, but it's the final round. Isn't oh, it? I'm with you. Absolutely, of course it is. Uh, so this is for Emma. Can you uh, tell us? Angela Fredericks, New Zealand. Live cricketer, dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Angela Fredericks. Um, well, okay, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, interesting. Mm. My instinct, and I think you should always go with your instinct. Mm -hmm. I've got one thing in my head which is my instinct, which is not my answer. I'm not answering yet. I'm still. This is not your final answer. I call it external processing. Um, my instinct is I'm gonna. I want to go dead cricketer. Um, my my strategic brain realizes that I have not yet had somebody who wasn't a cricketer, and therefore there's, you know, pretty, it feels like there's a there's a better than average chance that uh, this would be this would be it. This would be my uh, uh, my opportunity to go for somebody who wasn't. But I am just gonna go. I think you should always go. So I'm going to go with my gut and I'm just going to say dead cricketer. Oh, um, Angela Fredericks is not a dead cricketer. So, Kit, um, is she a live cricketer or a weirdo? I will go, well, uh, in the Emma John spirit of sticking to the mode, almost everything I've had has been uh, who's that weirdo. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll go with Who's That Weirdo. And you're absolutely right. Uh, she is indeed a weirdo. Would you like to guess? I mean, he was so good um, with the Schlanken chef. Would you like to guess what Angela Fredericks um, has n- notoriety for? Notoriety for? Not notoriety or, you know, a, a level of uh, fame, I suppose. Let's, well, let's, let's wander into the criminal underworld. It's a, it's, she's a criminal. <laughs> she's a criminal. I like I like to know the type of criminal. Yes. What sort of criminal would you would you go for? Oh God, I can't. Well, I think she's done someone in. She's she's a murderess. Well, you know what they say: never trust an Angela. Do they say that? Well, it's as true today as it's ever been. Okay, fair enough. So you reckon that she is... harsh on Angela Rippon? I, <laughs> I was going to say Angela Merkel. Angela Lansbury? I mean, come on, that's really hard. Angela Lansbury especially. <laughs> um, of course, have quite a big connection with murder. Um, I'm afraid to say that Angela Fredericks is not a murderer. Uh, oh. She is. What is she, Tony? Well, she's, she's... No, she's not a murderer. I wouldn't call this murder, but she's the woman uh, with the fastest time to open 100 muscles. Yep, she's the world's fastest shucker. Shocker. In 2016, Blenheim muscle opener Angela Fredericks beat her own record for opening 100 green shell muscles at the Havelock Muscle Festival. Uh, she took 1 minute 50 seconds to beat her previous record set the previous year by 1 second. Urged on by a big noisy crowd, the young mum took an average time of 1.16 seconds per every one of those 100 muscles. She dedicated the win to her son Nixon, who had celebrated his first birthday on the day of the triumph, uh, and she'd uh, she had been four days before giving birth to Nixon when she won the title uh, of the event in 2015. I was never confident of, confident of breaking the record, she said. It's always different. It's still as scary as always. There were fumbles. It was very tiring and hot. Uh, so there you go. Oh, by the way, and um, for the record, in the Muscle Munch competition of the same event, uh, Carl Buckland swallowed a dozen muscles and drank a glass of beer in less than a minute. Uh, to win the event ahead of 13 competitors he said the key is to swallow them whole and not chew them I thought that was true of muscles I mean I'm not a muscles fan uh, are either of you muscles fans? not yeah, especially yeah especially those New Zealand ones the the big green lipped muscles are well um, these are the green shells absolutely the that's green the one, shells. That's the one she shucked there you them. go there was the clue that you should have gone with your strategic your strategic mind there Emma uh, well, so I feel moved... like this is it I've lost now haven't I no 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 because you can make up you can make up points on on, on basis that uh, that Kit might get this last does one does she need snookers not. though she might need snookers but we'll have to see how it goes and, <laughs> and, of, course, and, and of course is there a muscle shucking tie break uh, there isn't but we should, probably should have done that we should have lined you up with muscles to actually sort of separate you shouldn't we uh, that'll be for another show It'll be a midweek uh, replay indeed in Stoke Stoke on Tuesday night, night. Uh, we go to the final name with Kit leading by 11 points to 9 but can he hang on to the lead uh, with the final name and the final name is Prabir Sen India live cricketer dead cricketer or who's that weirdo Prabir Sen P. P. Sen Mm. Well, there is a sen, yeah. isn't there? Is yeah, there? Yeah, there is a sen. There's a p. Sure. Yeah, yes, p. Sen is a cricketer, mm-hmm. and an alive man. Uh, no, you're not right. He um, he may be a cricketer, or he may be a weirdo. Uh, so we go over to um, to um, Emma to see if she can grab a bonus point. Dead cricketer, or who's that weirdo? Uh, let's just let's just go dead cricketer. You're absolutely right. You get a bonus <laughs> point. 
but it's not enough. This point isn't enough to, to level me, is it? No, it isn't, I'm afraid. There is because we've got to go for age, and if you can get it on the nose that the age at which Prabir Sen uh, departed this mortal coil, you will snatch the win like a, um, a greedily gobbled muscle, and uh, you will take the you will take the title for the day. Nice. Can, I, can, I, can I raise a point of order in Emma's favour here? Yes, of course. Didn't I get two points when I swept up the Sri Lankan chef? I thought I got two points for... Yeah, that's true. We were level and then you went ahead by two. No, you got, you got one bonus point. One bonus point for the for, 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 okay. for, uh, for guessing the chef. So it's only just the one. Oh, okay. Sorry, Emma, I tried. But if you get this no, on... I, I meant on the last round. On that last go, you got, you got two. Because we were level on nine and then I got mine wrong and you got it. Just listen, listen. Do not question the quiz master. He is the uh, he is the final. Bit of needle though. Definitely a bit of needle here. We like that. Which makes it more entertaining. I mean, I've already got one thing wrong um, earlier. So um, you know, pointing out my my deficiencies. The production team will deal with you later. They will indeed, indeed. So um, now to grab this at the last, Emma, you have to guess how old P Sen or Prabir Sen of India was. Uh, I'm going to just zoom in there at 51. Oh, so close, but not quite close enough. Prabir Sen was 43 when he sadly died in 1970. Oh, that is tragic, yeah. It is tragic, it and uh, there is more tragedy, as Tony will tell you. Well, he died after a day's cricket, rather sadly. Um, he's often thought of as India's first great wicketkeeper. He was also the first Bengali uh, and Bangladesh-born to play for India. He was born in 1926, uh, was the first wicketkeeper to become a regular feature in the Indian side, known as Kokon. He was a common Bengali name, which actually means someone very young. Uh, in an interview with the Daily News in Perth on the 1947-48 tour, he said, in Kolkata they called babies Kokon, the name just stuck. Uh, in fact, I'm not 18, as some seem to think I'm 20. So he was obviously looked younger than, than he was. He was short and stocky, took loads and loads of brilliant catches. Uh, one claim to fame in the tour match against South Africa, uh, South Australia, sorry, at the Adelaide Oval, he had uh, Don Bradman stumped Ooh. of Vinu Mancad. Wow. Uh, and he later rated that as the most prized uh, scalp of his career. My greatest thrill, he said, was when I stumped Bradman at Adelaide because he was the greatest genius we have ever met, he said later. He was a pretty useful late-order batsman as well. He played uh, first-class cricket until 1958 uh, and he was playing club cricket right up to his sad death of, uh, well, variously reported as either a stroke or a heart attack, but nonetheless rather sad uh, in 1970. And so there you go, a rather sad and sombre ending to what's been another absolutely cracking Who's That Weirdo contest between Emma John and Kit Harris. But I have to say, at the end of it, Kit Harris has just forged his way into the lead Ooh. with 11 points to Emma's nine. Kit Harris takes the title for this week of Who's That Weirdo. Um, how do you feel about it, uh, Kit? I mean, can you, can, you, can you articulate your feelings having uh, forged victory? I want to know if there's a leaderboard, like on Top Gear for the fast laps. How did Ooh. how did I do compared to all the others? Well, I think you're right up there on the. Um, although um, Messi Jez did get twenty, but then I did give him seven extra points just because <laughs> I fancy him beating the bear. So, um, so that that was uh, he's an outlier. I suppose I could just give Emma a couple of extra points to beat you. The bear's now getting very annoyed in the kitchen. I can tell you. Um, so yes, um, you, you 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 have. Well, I mean, what, what we did think of doing was keeping 
the winner on each week, but that's proved too difficult to to, to get people on. But we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back at some point in the near. Basically, in the yeah, what you're saying is feel validated, my friend. Feel validated. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Eleven, uh, Emma. Um, your thoughts? Um, are, are you are you disappointed? I mean, you you, you ran him hard. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I, I I did a lot better than I thought I was going to. Look, I'll be completely honest. Um, and I also managed to avoid. I think I managed to avoid saying the W word, which, yeah, I was. <laughs> you did. Damn it! I'm going to take some points off you. Yeah, it's a it's a weird. I, I mean, I don't mind the word weird. I don't really love. I don't really love the word weirdo. Can I be honest? I find it. It just reminds me too much of school, school, you know, schoolyard bullying. So I, 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 I was trying to avoid saying it, if, if at all possible. Oh, I see. Right. Well, I understand that, but, but, but we should explain that the reason that this is called "Who's That Weirdo" is that basically the bear, who is one of our commentators and uh, uh, the technical mastermind behind this uh, operation, um, doesn't do much research for his games, and uh, one game. Uh, he suddenly spotted Colin Munro with the ball in hand, and he was so shocked, he just came up with the words, "Who's that weirdo?" And uh, we had to explain that Colin Munro does bowl um, some spin, and uh, so that's why it's called "Who's that weirdo?" But you have done well; you've managed not to say weirdo, uh, but you haven't managed to uh, knock Kit off his perch. He has triumphed with the score eleven to nine. And I'd like to say thank you for um, your contributions. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you had a lot of fun, and um, that you, you'll be back in the future for for more uh, gorilla-shaped um, cricket uh, commentary or something like that. Uh, thank you very very much to both of you. Um, any final sort of soundings you want to say before for uh, going off to do something much 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 more important? I'll leave that to Kit because <laughs> you've got way more important things to do than I have. I just want to wish you all a happy new year. And, oh, uh, how lovely. And to both of you. you have a lovely time between now and the start of the English season. Yes. Do okay. you mean between now and the publication of the Wisdom Almanac? Well, if, if indeed that can be considered real time. Um, I was going to say, what, what, what are your... I mean, we should probably do what's your hope for the next year of cricket is, Emma. What's your big... I mean, if that's not too big a question to suddenly land on you uh, at the last minute, what are you most looking forward to this year from 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 uh, the great game? Oh, just watching watching Stokes' England. I mean, of course, I, absolutely. I, I don't care what they do next, you know. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, I'm a complete I'm com, I'm a convert for for someone who was a very very slow boring batsman. I'm a com, complete convert to what's what's going on out there. Uh, Kit, any final words you wish to say? What what do you what is your high what could be your highlight of this year? Same as every year, Somerset Championship. Ah, oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be very very nice indeed. Uh, I'm afraid to say that Ian Payne will not be taking part in that uh, that attempt, as you know he only played for Gloucestershire. But uh, thanks to both of you for being uh, with us on Who's That Weirdo. And uh, hope to talk to you again in the not too distant future. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Craig Matthews, Alan Knott. Who's that weirdo? Neil McKenzie. Who's that weirdo? Wayne Leverock. Shannon Freed. Who's that weirdo? Chris Harris. Kevin O'Brien. Who's that weirdo? Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.